Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. and welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing what is commonly cited as people's number one concern about retirement, which is, am I going to be okay, aka will I run out of money before I run out of life? And it is a very scary thought, the thought that you could retire and not have income coming in anymore and be living off of your savings and your investments and one day no longer have any of those savings or investments. So we're going to discuss that on today's episode. What's the actual likelihood that that's going to happen? And then number two, what are the steps you can take to mitigate the risk of you potentially running out of money in retirement? Now, before we go into that, I want to highlight a review of the week. And I'm actually going to highlight a couple reviews this week because they're just short, sweet, and to the point. And I always want to highlight and call out people who leave reviews because they appreciate you doing so. This first one, they are both five-star reviews. This is from Sissy62. They say, wonderful podcast. You're explaining things I've never even considered. Thank you for enlightening us. Thank you, Sissy62, for that review. I really appreciate that. And the other is from username Ginger60+. Ginger60 Plus leaves a five-star review and says, James shares more in 20 to 30 minutes than most others can in an hour. Always thorough and on point. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for those reviews. appreciate that. And if you have not left a review, please do so. It does help more people find the show. And more people find the show is the goal of this podcast, enlightening and teaching and educating more and more people each month. That is the goal. So with that being said, let's jump into today's episode. So what I want to start with is I want to start with the fear that almost everybody has. The number one fear, again, is am I going to be okay? Am I going to run out of money in retirement? And then see, does that square with the reality of what typically happens based on a couple key studies that I'm going to highlight? Now, obviously, there's so many variables and there's so many key differences between each individual person's situation that your chances of running out of money or your chances of being okay in retirement aren't going to come down to some study. But I think that this will highlight some key things that are important in order to understand that you can apply to your own situation. So to start, I want to go through, and I'll just highlight it. There was a study done by an individual named Michael Kitsis, who's huge in the advisor community. It writes prolifically, tons and tons of research about financial planning, about investing. And he did a study where he ran a scenario of looking at someone who had a $1 million portfolio and was taking out 4% per year. I'm just going to read from the study right now. The study looked at every particular 30-year historical scenario going back to the 1970s and it assumed a 4% initial withdrawal rate with a dollar amount of spending adjusted each subsequent year for actual inflation. So in other words, they looked at 1970, they looked at 1971, they looked at 1972. What if you retired in any of those years? And retirement at that time looked a lot different, but went back as far as you could go to see if you had that hypothetical million dollar portfolio in each year, and you were taking out 4% per year, what did that look like based upon the timing of when you retired? Well, it assumed that that million dollars was invested into a 60-40 portfolio. So 60% U.S. stocks, 40% U.S. treasuries using annual rebalancing and with the actual stock and bond market returns that occurred year by year. So using the actual returns from 1870 all the way up until recently the study was done a few years back. 
And what was interesting about the study is I think a lot of people, if they look at this and they say, okay, this is based upon well over 100 years of data. And what if you take out 4% per year of your portfolio and start in any number of the years between 1870 and when the study was done a few years ago, you would expect that in some maybe decent number of cases, the person who was doing this and who had a 30-year retirement would have outlived their money, would have really spent down their money. But it didn't show that. I'm going to quote from the study now. It says, and I quote, as the chart reveals, the decision to follow a 4% initial withdrawal rate makes it exceptionally rare the retiree finishes with less than what they started with at the end of that 30-year time horizon. At the end of that 30-year time horizon, only a small number of wealth plans finish below the starting principal threshold. In fact, overall, the retiree finishes with more than double their starting wealth in a whopping two-thirds of the scenario and is more likely to finish with quintuple their starting wealth than to finish with less than their starting principal. So what this study saw is not only is it extremely rare that someone would actually run out of money based upon that, but it's actually rare that they would end up with less starting principal or with less money at the end of their life than they started with going into retirement. So that million dollars they started with was at least in nominal returns much greater in most of the scenarios that this study looked at. So I also want you to do this. I want you to keep in mind what happened during this time period. There was Great Depression. There was hyperinflation. There were two world wars. There were plenty of things that caused a whole lot of ups and downs in the stock market. And despite that, it was rare that you wouldn't end up with more money at the end of retirement than you would starting retirement if you started with a 4% withdrawal rate. So what that study showed is that that is the initial rate that is almost like that amount that you can withdraw. Obviously, the past cannot predict the future. But if the future looks anything like the past, there's a very high likelihood that you're going to be just fine, that you will not run out of money in most cases using that type of withdrawal rate. One thing that I want to point out, this has nothing to do with you needing a million dollar portfolio to make this work. The key aspect of this is that withdrawal percentage. So a 4% withdrawal rate on a million dollar portfolio is the same, at least in terms of would your portfolio last or not, as a $20,000 withdrawal on a $500,000 portfolio or an $80,000 withdrawal on a $2 million portfolio. So if you have $300,000 and you're listening to this and saying, oh gosh, well, that doesn't apply to me, I need a million. Well, no, if you have $300,000 and only need 4% of that to meet your income needs, then the analysis is the same in terms of likelihood of success over retirement. And this surprises most people, but it makes sense. Well, why is that? It makes sense because the 4% rule is based upon worst case scenario. There's another Michael Kitsis article titled, What Returns Are Safe Withdrawal Rates Really Based Upon? And in this, it also uses data going back to 1870. And what it does is it looks at depending upon when you retire, there's going to be some sequences of return that you can expect. So if you retire and the market goes on an incredible run for the next five, 10 plus years versus if you retire and the market is horrible for the next five to 10 years, those two individuals who are retiring in those different times are going to have very different experiences and they're going to have to withdraw or they're going to have different maximum withdrawal rates that they could start from in order to be able to make sure their portfolio lasts. Now, unfortunately, if someone's retiring today and looking forward the next 30 years, we have no idea what the stock market is going to do. So what we have to do is we look to have to look at different time periods in the past to say what would the maximum withdrawal rate have been based upon when you started your retirement. So going back to this article, the Michael Kitsis article titled What Returns Are Safe Withdrawal Rates Really Based Upon? 
uses data going back to 1870 and said, what if you retired at 1870? What would the maximum withdrawal rate have been over the next 30 years? What if you retired in 1871? What would the max withdrawal rate have been over the next 30 years? Then for 1872 and 73 and 74, and you get the point. Really what it's looking at is all these different rolling 30-year time periods. Well, in some of these time periods, you could have started with a withdrawal rate of over 10% and been just fine for the entirety of your retirement, meaning you would not have run out of money. Other years, it needed to be closer to 4%. And on average, it's a withdrawal rate of about 6.5% that would lead you to being okay over the duration of your retirement. So as we can see here, there is a lot of fear around running out of money in retirement, and that's just partially because the future is unpredictable. And we always have a sense that the future is going to be different than what's happened in the past. And the details, of course, are going to be different than what it's been in the past. But as we start to look at some data, what this starts to give us is at least some comfort and some peace of mind of this is what historically has worked, these types of withdrawal rates. And what that does is it gives you some sense of if I can keep my withdrawal rates in these areas, there's no guarantee, there's absolutely no certainty with this, but there's a very high likelihood that you're going to be okay throughout retirement. Now, just having a high likelihood for a lot of people isn't enough. There's how can I maximize the certainty of being okay? How can I minimize the risk of running out of money? That's really what we want to know. We don't want to go into retirement with this lurking fear of there's some scenario where I might not make it based upon inflation or stock market returns or some other factors. So with that being said, let's look at three things that you can do to mitigate the risk of running out of money. Because we know that if you can keep your withdrawal rates under certain thresholds, there's a very high likelihood you're going to be okay. So what are the things that we can do to ensure at least make it highly probable that those withdrawal rates will stay within that range? Well, number one, right off the bat, is understand your true expenses or get an accurate sense of what your expenses will be in retirement. People retire thinking their expenses will be one amount. But if they're not looking at this closely enough, if they're not actually looking at what's going to change between work and retirement, or what are they going to spend more money on, or if they're not understanding fully what those expenses will truly be, it makes it really hard to understand what your withdrawal rate will be. Let's look at an example to illustrate how this could be a problem. Let's assume that you retire and you want to live on $70,000 per year, or so you think. And let's assume that you and a spouse combined have $50,000 per year coming in from Social Security, and the remaining $20,000 will come from your investments. So again, $50,000 from Social Security, $20,000 from your investments for a total income of $70,000, which is what you think it's going to take to be able to meet your needs throughout retirement. Well, let's actually assume, or when you retire, let's assume that your expenses are actually closer to $80,000 per year. So you look at that and you say, okay, that's not such a big deal. My expenses went from 70 grand to 80 grand. That's a 14% increase. That can't have that significant of an impact on my portfolio. Well, it's only a 14% increase in your expenses, but look what it does to your withdrawal rate. When you were living on 70 grand per year, or when you were planning on living on 70 grand per year, you had 20,000 per year that you'd be pulling from your investment portfolio. Well, if you now bump your income up to 80,000 or your expenses up to 80,000, Social Security is going to stay fixed. The government's not going to give you more money just because you misestimated your retirement living expenses. So where does that extra 10000 have to come from? It has to come from your portfolio, meaning you will not be taking 20000 from your portfolio. You will be taking 30000 from your portfolio, which is an increase of 50% from what you originally planned for. 
Meaning, if you were originally planning for that 20,000 to represent a withdrawal rate of 4%, if you have to increase that by 50%, that means you're now taking 6% per year out of your portfolio. If that initial 20,000 that you're taking from your portfolio represented a withdrawal rate of 5%, well, now you need to take 7.5% out of your portfolio to be able to maintain that. So relatively small changes in your retirement expenses can potentially have drastic impact on what your withdrawal rate will have to look like. So this is why understanding your true retirement expenses is so important. And this isn't to say you have to go to the penny of tracking every little thing that you're going to spend, but understand as much as possible what you think your retirement budget is going to look like. I remember at one older company that I worked at, we had a client who retired without really notifying us and just sent it in. And we had run some basic estimates for him on what's it going to cost and do you have enough money? And the answer was yes, but it was just a very preliminary estimate based upon some estimates from him about what's it actually going to cost to retire. So he called one day and said, hey, good news, I'm retired, which caught us a little bit off guard, but then went on to say, I am now having to take a lot of money out of my portfolio because he was moving across the country and moving costs turned out to be a lot greater. And the home he was moving to turned out to require a lot more money from his portfolio and is just overall expenses was significantly greater than he had originally believed it would. So what happened was, yes, on paper, he was in great position to retire using the numbers that we had planned for. But when he actually retired, those numbers were significantly greater. And what that led to was him having to draw down his assets in a really unsustainable manner. And there was some significant lifestyle changes that had to be made as a result of that. So the first thing that you can really do is get a clear understanding as clear as possible What's it going to cost to retire? Because that will help you hone in on what amount of that actually needs to come from your portfolio so that you can work backwards into what will your withdrawal rate actually be. And then with that, run some what-if scenarios. What if living expenses are 10% more than you think they're going to be, 20% more than you think they're going to be? Does your portfolio have the capacity to absorb that excess? Or if you start going over, if you start spending over what you think it's going to be, are you going to run into some issues? So this will help you see what role will your portfolio play in that and is your portfolio properly positioned to one, meet your living expense needs that you think they're going to be, but two, if your expenses happen to be higher, could your portfolio still sustain that? All right. The second thing that you can do to mitigate the chances that you run out of money in retirement is have a withdrawal strategy that's tied to your investment strategy. Now, the benefit of this is, and I'll explain what I mean by this, this both mitigates your chances of running out of money, but it also maximizes what you can possibly do with your money. So in other words, it limits your downside while also expanding your upside potential in retirement. So don't just say, I'm going to retire and I'm going to withdraw 4% of my portfolio forever and then never adjust it. That's possible. And a lot of these studies are based upon that of what if you start with a 4% withdrawal rate and then just keep it going. But there's such better ways to do it. And if you've heard me talk before, listen to this podcast before, you know I'm a fan of the guidance guardrails approach where you can start with a higher withdrawal amount, somewhere in the range of probably low to mid 5%, depending upon your age and a couple other factors. And what you can do is you start with a higher withdrawal amount and then you adjust it dynamically based upon how your investments are performing or based upon what the stock market's doing or based upon your spending or inflation or all these different factors. And this just makes intuitive sense of when we looked, going back to that study that Michael Kitsis ran, of if you just take a static withdrawal rate, starting day one of retirement, moving forward, your withdrawal rate 
could be anywhere between 4% and about 10.5% to meet all of your needs without running into money. That's a huge variation of potential withdrawal rates that you would have to implement. The hard part is we have no idea what those 30 years are going to look like for you when you start retirement. We only know looking backwards. So because of this, if you choose a 4% withdrawal rate, what you're essentially saying is I am protecting against worst case scenario, which is good. You have a very high likelihood of not running out of money, but you also have a very high likelihood of spending far less than you otherwise could have. Let's just use an arbitrary example. I'm looking at this graph right now of year-by-year returns and what maximum withdrawal rates could be in each of them. Well, if you retired in 1975 and if you had a 60-40 portfolio, your withdrawal rate could have been about 7.5% for 30 years without running out of money. Now, let's assume that we go back in time and you retire and it's 1975. You, of course, at that time have no idea what the next 30 years are going to look like. So you say to yourself, okay, I'm just going to make this real easy. I'm going to spend 4% per year of my portfolio because I know some of these studies haven't been done at that time. So you really didn't know, but let's just assume you did know that you said, if I draw 4% per year for my portfolio, I'm going to be okay. So what you do is you live the rest of your life spending $40,000 per year from your portfolio. And then you end up having a significantly larger portfolio by the time that you died. Well, what you could have done was you could have spent closer to $75,000 per year and still had a portfolio that would have lasted for the rest of your life, assuming you had a life expectancy of 30 years. You could have done a lot of extra stuff with that extra $35,000 per year. So what I like about the guardrails approach is number one, it does make sure that if there's bad markets or high inflation or horrible returns, or if there's just different bad things happening, there's the guardrails. So it's going to make sure that you're adjusting accordingly to preserve the sustainability and the longevity of your portfolio. But on the flip side, it's also ensuring that if things are going really well and you're ahead of schedule, how do you give yourself raises so that you can enjoy more of your retirement and not get to this point where you're at the end of your life and say, oh my gosh, I could have done way more. I could have taken those family trips. I could have supported those causes I care about. I could have supported funding grandchildren's education, whatever it was. That's another important factor of this as well. So the second aspect of mitigating this risk, but also maximizing your chances of fully enjoying your portfolio is to have that withdrawal strategy that's tied to your investment strategy. Something that allows you to year by year track how your investments are doing and base your withdrawals upon that. So that's number two. The third thing that you can do is have plans for contingencies and really have plans for things that could go wrong. And these are things like big life events or health events or long-term care events, really those big expense items of maybe you're looking at your retirement expenses and you're saying, great, I can spend 4% of this and I can do everything that I want to do. Or maybe it's 5% and I'm going to be more dynamic with how I'm taking money out of my portfolio. But bottom line is maybe you're looking at your financial plan And you have a good plan in place where for your normal expenses, you've got a plan in place to cover that. You have to look at what happens if life doesn't go as planned. What happens if one spouse predeceases the other and the spouse that passed away had a pension that didn't have a survivorship option? Or what happens when that spouse passes away and now the total social security benefits potentially get cut in half? Is there still enough income? Is there still enough portfolio value? to be able to protect the surviving spouse. So something like that could drastically increase how much you have to pull out of your portfolio if one spouse passes away and with them, a significant source of income also goes away. 
What if there's a health event? What if there's a long-term care event? These can be the types of things where if they're not covered by some type of an insurance, you may be on the hook for a lot of dollars and those extra dollars can push your withdrawal rate significantly outside the scope of what is considered sustainable. So if something like that happens, we have to have a contingency plan in place. That contingency can either be insuring. So do you have the right Medicare plan in place? Do you have a Medigap policy or Medicare Advantage policy? Do you have some type of a supplemental policy that will help to limit the amount that you could potentially be out of pocket with your healthcare costs for the rest of your life? Do you have long-term care insurance, which will give you a specific dollar amount that they'll cover if you require long-term care assistance? Or do you self-fund some of these things? Have you earmarked a portion of your portfolio that says, here's the amount of money I can use to fund things like a long-term care event if I don't have coverage in place? Or I'm keeping my withdrawal rates under a certain threshold, knowing that there's probably going to be some type of a medical expense or long-term care expense, and I want to be able to increase my withdrawals without increasing them over an unsustainable threshold. So make sure you have plans for things for contingencies and some of those bigger expense items. Now, one thing I'm not mentioning here is actually taxes. Taxes can certainly be a big expense item, but it's not a big expense item that typically results in you running out of money. It's really more of an opportunity. If if you are, to use an example, receiving a required minimum distribution, that's typically where people have tax issues. Well, if your required minimum distribution is significant, that's where you have a tax issue. But if you have a significant required minimum distribution, it probably means you don't have an issue with running out of money because it means you've got a pretty substantial portfolio that's generating that. If your portfolio is dwindling and your pre-tax balance has dropped to, say, I don't know, $100,000 and then $50,000 and then lower, well, you're not going to have an issue with required minimum distributions at that point. Your RMDs, your tax hits are really more of a how do we optimize what we're doing when our portfolio balance is at higher levels. It's probably not something that's going to tax you into running out of money. That's incredibly rare, if never the case. So yes, that can be a big expense item, but it's one of those expenses that typically lessens, or if not even going away, as your portfolio balance starts to decline. So that is it for today. And just to summarize, it is extremely normal to have concerns and to have that fear and that worry of, am I going to outlive my money? You would not be human if you didn't have those concerns. What the data shows and what the research shows is if you can keep your portfolio withdrawal rate under certain thresholds, your chances of running out of money are extremely low. That being said, there are certainly measures you can take to mitigate the risk of your portfolio withdrawal rate being too high. And it starts with understanding your true retirement expenses. It's about having a withdrawal strategy that's directly tied to your investment strategy. And it's about having plans for contingencies, life events, health events, long-term care events. So the biggest piece is if you have a financial plan, you have that withdrawal strategy, you have that investment strategy, you, to take it a step further, understand how to coordinate social security income with investment income with pensions and others. Doing that is going to minimize the chance of you running out of money, but more importantly, it's going to create that peace of mind. Because if you always have that worry in the back of your head, or you always have that voice in the back of your head saying you're going to run out of money, or this isn't going to make it, or you're spending too much, you're just not going to enjoy retirement. Even if your portfolio ultimately makes it and doubles, triples, quadruples over the course of your retirement, you are missing the most important element, which is that peace of mind that's going to give you the freedom to enjoy retirement and not just survive retirement. 
So I hope that was helpful. Thank you everyone for listening. If you haven't already done so already, make sure to check out not just the podcast, but other content that's also on YouTube. And that's under Root Financial Partners, my company name. Check out that content on YouTube. That's another great place to get more information. Spread the word. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you would just text a friend, text a family member, share this with someone who else you think could benefit from it. And I'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.